You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and SJ Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hello, 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 everybody. I'm Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Thank you to the frontliners, and thank you to all the people in the world right now trying to make this a better place for us all. I stand with the Black Lives Matters and understand that I don't understand everything, but everything in the light that's coming out right now, you have to admit, it's it's fucked up. Let's just be honest. I'm coming from the heart here right now. This is an honest thing. It is fucked up what's going on in the world right now, and hopefully we can all learn from each other and start to understand that you should never, never be judged by solely the color of your skin. That is obviously wrong, and we should all recognize that. So let's move forward, and let's try to make this a better place for all people. All people of all races, especially right now, let's focus on our African-American or black brothers and sisters in the world who are obviously something they've been saying for a long time and now we have to uh, we have to recognize it I've been complacent I'm not gonna I'm not a beacon of truth I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that but now I understand as much as I can and I want to help and you should too now that you know I don't want to harp on that too much I know that this podcast for a lot of you out there is something that's supposed to take your mind off of everything that's going on in the world but I couldn't uh, you know I couldn't put out something without having said something about this because it is something that is true to me and and and, and close to my heart so I hope you understand that and I, I still very much hope that you enjoy the podcast and it is taking you away from some some of the uh, the news in the world and giving you a, a a place to release those those thoughts and just enjoy the show. This week, I hope you enjoy the show because I absolutely had a fucking blast talking to Harvey Guillen. You know him as Guillermo, the familiar on what we do in the shadows. He's done a ton of things before this but this is obviously the thing that he's doing right now uh what we do in the shadows just had their season finale for season two and they got picked up for season three so we, we talk a little bit about about that i actually got a chance on this episode to talk to guillermo i asked harvey to go into character and it was it was fantastic i mean this guy couldn't be a better dude he's so positive uh, great hang, great conversation. I can't wait for you guys all to hear it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop myself on this intro a little bit um, and just let you guys hear the rest of it. But again, I want to thank you so much for checking out the episode, and uh, hope you enjoy it as much as I did having this conversation. As a huge fan of what we do in the shadows, to talk to Guillermo, to talk to Harvey Guillen of what we do in the shadows, the familiar um, was just such a cool thing, and uh, I couldn't thank him enough. So without further ado, I give you Harvey Guillen. What's up, everybody? I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for checking out the show. I'm super psyched today. I'm going to be joined by Harvey Guillen, and I'm just about to fan out because I've been watching what we do in the shadows regularly since it's been on, on FX. So we're going to be talking all those things. I'm feeling good today, and if you want to feel a little bit better, go get some Sweet Drop CBD. This is a CBD oil 
Um, it's pure, it's made uh, in Oregon. Uh, I'm not gonna get into what CBD uh, can do for you, cannabis oil. Just go to sweetdrop.com. They lay it all out for you and explain everything there for you. So I'm gonna start off this show with a little of the original flavor. It's good, man. It's just going to help uh, the receptors in your brain process food. As I said, head over to sweet, uh, sweetdrop.com. Right there, you're going to find all the information you ever need to know about uh, CBD cannabis oil. Um, and you know what? Use promo code DRINKSWITHJOHNNY and you're going to get 20% off your order. That's right. Promo code DRINKSWITHJOHNNY, 20% off your order at sweetdrop.com. Now, without further ado, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move my CBD out of the way. we got a drink to make with my guest today. Uh, as I said, I'm super excited. You know him as Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows, Harvey Guillen. How are you doing today, man? Hey, nice to see you, Johnny. Nice to see you, too, man. Thanks for uh, putting this together for us. Uh, I, I know we ran into a little trouble. You were feeling a little er ill earlier this week. How are you doing now? I feel way better. I, you know, there's been a crazy week with like the finale and like doing the show. I do the Before the Shadow show and I think uh, my body was just like, you need to take a little day and just relax. So I'm glad that we, we could do a rain check. Yeah, no, it worked out for us over here. So uh, before we get into it, I'm really excited to talk everything Harvey. But before we go into it, we were talking back and forth through email and uh, we came up with a little drink and we're going to call this one The Familiar Sunrise. And then in honor of Guillermo over here. So it's really just a, a, a small spin on a tequila sunrise. Are you ready to make this? Ready. All right, cool. So we're going to start off. We're just going to add the tequila first. <laughs> <laughs> so I use Casadores Reposada. It's a solid uh, tequila for making drinks. We're going to do two ounces of that. And equal parts, two ounces of orange juice. So yeah, you said you wanted a tequila drink, and I was uh, and I was like, okay, let's let, let's play on I that think, a little bit. Let's I think see what the, I can do. Go to is tequila. Um, I like to use uh, Casamigos, which is a oh, I love Casamigos. It's a great tequila. Yeah, but um, yeah, kind of uh, I stick to that or or vodka drink, but tequila seemed more familiar. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. He's already on his toes, people. I like it. All right, then we're gonna add some fresh squeezed blood orange juice. That's where we're gonna make it a little bit more familiar again, not to steal the thunder that you just had there, Harvey. Another two <laughs> ounces of that. And then we're gonna do a little half of a lime. We're gonna squeeze the entire half of that lime in there, best we can. Just adds a little bit lime flavor to it, obviously. And we're going to fill up our Collins glass. I have a Collins glass. What kind of glass do you have over there? The copper. Uh, I like drinking out of copper uh, glasses. And oh, okay. Cups, so. Like uh, yeah. same as like the Moscow Mule or something like that. Right? Yeah. And I'll drink anything, you know, like uh, it doesn't matter if it's a, I, I started off with the Moscow Mule and that was the only reason I would drink out of it. But I was like, I drink out of this. Like would I just drink any, you know, water even. I just, <laughs> just going for water. This guy's yeah. just walking around with copper glasses all over. I know. Hollywood. I think it's weird too because I, I, I've, I've been drinking out of it, um, which can be deceiving because then people think, are you drinking an alcoholic drink? It's 9 a.m. and I'm in a Zoom meeting because <laughs> I'll hold the, the cup. Wait, is that, is that frowned upon in your Zoom meetings? In my Zoom meetings, it's like totally okay to do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, but I just like it. I like it. It feels uh, old timey. Yeah, no, I, I get the other. So you're just gonna shake this up, give it a good few shakes. No need to strain this one. You're just gonna go straight into your Collins glass. See what nicely fills up there. And you're gonna take just a little bit of grenadine, teeniest bit. I'm talking like a dash. I wish it came in like bitters form. Grenadine bitters. I need to make that. That would be delicious. Note to self. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a pinch more. And then we're just going to garnish it with a, a blood orange peel. And there you have it. We're going to call that one the familiar sunrise. Cheers, Harvey. Thanks for being on the show, man. Cheers. All right. All right. See how this came out. It's excellent. It's excellent. Love it. All right. All right. So let's get into it, man. I want to go to a little bit of the beginning. We'll, we'll jump around a little bit here, just a fun little conversation. But I read somewhere that you were actually, we have a kinship. You were born um, in Orange County in Santa Ana. Is that correct? 
That's right. Yeah. That's where I was born too, actually. Just a few years later. We won't get into that, but like, it was just a... <laughs> years later, years before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was, yeah. And how long did you guys spend in Orange County? Or were you just born there? And... Uh, I lived there until I was four. We used to live behind the o, the OC register, the newspaper. Okay. We lived there um, up until I was four, I think, or five. Uh, and then we moved out of there uh, to a different part of Santa Ana, but like, uh, shortly after that, we moved all over the place. Uh, my dad used to work for a construction company. So we moved to like Vegas, Esperia. So wherever a town was like booming, that's where like we would move to. So I kind of did like this whole traveling around Southern California and Nevada. Uh, and I just felt like I was on a tour, like I was a vaudeville <laughs> show guy. And I go to a new, new school, new town, new friend. That's how I talked when I was a kid too, by the yeah, way. Yeah. And then yeah, when did that change for you? Like <laughs> I think along the way, people were like, why are you talking like that? I was like, yeah, save it, Torch. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, the other part that I found interesting about uh, your childhood is you come from a very big family. There's nine uh, other siblings or eight other siblings? Uh, yes. Well, when my mom married uh, my stepdad, uh, the families merged together. So I have okay. uh, half brothers and sisters. And so it's a pretty big family. Uh, and where are you in it? You were like slap, smack dab in the middle. You're a little on the top, little on the bottom. I'm right. I'm pretty much in the middle, I think. So it's a Harvey uh, and, Gian sandwich is what you're describing. Yeah. You're well, when you put the extended family, because my stepdad uh, was much older, so he got a head start. So he already had like older kids. So when we joined the families, I became the middle. But when it was just like uh, us in the household, I was the oldest in the household because technically everyone else had become an adult and moved away. And so it was just me and my younger siblings. So I have two younger brothers and a younger sister uh, that I kind of grew up in the same household with. Oh, that's cool. So you, 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 obviously you're still very close to them, I would imagine then? Yeah, my sister actually uh, is my best friend and she produced uh, Before the Shadows. So she wrote and produced uh, the pre-show for the fans that we yeah. started doing because people wanted so much content. And I, she just stepped in and made that happen. So uh, yeah, a lot of credit to I didn't to realize it. that. That's rad. No, I, I saw a little bit of that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, real quick though, we got to talk a little, I mean, we can't just brush over it what's going on in the world today. You know, we just got, I mean, as here in California, same as you, things just opened today. It's, it's Friday. Things have just started to reopen a little bit over the last couple of weeks. What have you been doing under quarantine? I know you've been super busy still with the show, um, but that just had the finale on Wednesday night, I believe. So, uh, and then you're doing the uh, Before the Shadows. Um, if you have any downtime, what have you been doing on your downtime? Uh, I haven't had any downtime, uh, like you said, for the last 10 weeks has been pretty packed. Just creating the show and, and producing it uh, with my sister has consumed the week. So everyone's, you know, they see the live and it's like, but we have to organize schedules. Like, you know, Jermaine is in New Zealand and the rest of the cast is in London. So time zones mm -hmm. are different. Oh, yeah. You have to arrange the time to do a Zoom meeting and, and record it and do that and get questions from the fans. So there was a lot of work that went into it. And aside from that, doing interviews and catching up with friends and all that, like it's uh, it's been kind of packed. So, but along the way, I do try to find some like window of like, okay, I'm gonna do something fun. It has nothing to do with like work or the entertainment industry. Yeah. And that's just like escaping to watch another form of entertainment, which is like reality TV or something. And, and <laughs> what, what, what reality show have you been uh, watching? Oh man, I'm, I'm a sucker for the, the Housewife franchise. Oh, my the, wife, I, I see that all the time as I like, I, I catch myself watching it some too. I'm not a, I'm not a hater, yeah. like my, but my wife is yeah. the one that has it on the TV and I walk. Yeah. Around and that's like, how it started. At first I was like, I'm not going to watch a reality. And like you start watching it and you just commit to it because I don't know. It's just like the, the, the circumstances are so ridiculous and like, <laughs> it's like insane. And are you drama. kidding me? You've like, never found yourself in those kind of dramatic uh, dinners, just yelling at somebody across and the throwing room. glass, you know, uh, <laughs> at people I can see, and, I can oh. see Harvey getting pretty, pretty wild at a, at a dinner. I, I mean, I would, I'd love the opportunity of given, uh, <laughs> but I don't, I, I just don't see how it always escalates so quickly. It's just like, you did say that. And it's like, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. You did. It's like, whoa. Like, it's just like, why don't they, just, you know what I always under, as a, as a sports fan, I look at it and I go, why don't they implement the instant replay? These arguments wouldn't have to escalate. Yeah. If they'd be like, you said no. this, you said this, be like, no, yeah. let's go to the replay. Yeah. And they, what they, they do can, now, they do do a throwback while they're talking to contradict that character, wherever they probably want to take the storyline. <laughs> like, 
when they ask somebody like, well, were you bullied in school? And then she's like, uh, or were you the bully? It's like, no, no, no. I always, st- I always stood up for the person who was bullied. And they show a clip of like them bullying someone in the <laughs> cast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just getting them good. I love that. Yeah, uh, you just no, mentioned like, quickly on like some you, some producing aspects right there. Did you? I I wasn't sure. Did you go to school for acting and producing, or was uh, like? And which school well, did you go to? I well, I grew up doing musical theater, and mm-hmm. I went to a musical theater school here in California. Uh, I was part of the Citrus uh, Singers, which is like a music conservatory, mm-hmm. and they do a three-year program there where they it's an intense program. Uh, I highly recommend it if you want to do musical theater. And and all around, it just uh, it kind is of... Is it uh, too late for me being like, you know... Oh, you never know. No, you try, you can show, show up. <laughs> you know, up. Uh, actually, I fell into it by accident because I was going to uh, Southern Utah University and I was, I was offered a Shakespearean scholarship there. And I turned it down because I went and visited and I was like, I don't love it. Like, I just didn't like feel that it was the right place for me. At that point, I was also falling into like, do I want to be a Shakespearean actor? Like, is that what I want? Or is that because I thought in my head a real actor is a Shakespearean thespian, you know? Yeah. And and I love singing and dancing. I was like, what am I doing? Like, why can't I incorporate my art into like singing and dancing? Uh, And which I did. I went to school for it. It was intense. It was like really long schedule. Like you did tap at 6 a.m. Then you have vocal, like, you know, coaches. You had one-on-one musical theater. Like, it's just all of this until, like, 10 p.m. at night, every day, every day, every, every day. semester. That's, that's brutal, so, man. Yeah, and it, but it really so did it does, teach It does me. take a lot, people, to put into this craft. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really cool. I, I always find it funny when people are like, oh, you're just, like, natural talent. Like, talent is great, and people have natural talent, but you, what you do with it, and it's, like, that uh, tenacity, you know, because there's so much talent in Hollywood and the world. It's uh, what you do with it. And if you're going to stick around you abo- above the, the yeah. rest, you know, it's a, yeah. I, I could definitely see that. Uh, another thing briefly about um, the quarantine, then we'll get into happier things. Uh, you just celebrated your 30th birthday in May. Is that correct? That, uh, yeah, my birthday just passed May 3rd. Yeah. So on May 3rd, we're here in California, it was still active lockdown. How did you celebrate your 30th? I mean, 30th is a pretty big deal. So I mean, what were you able to do? Were you able to be just in a Zoom party with some friends? I mean, how, how did you celebrate your 30th birthday party? Uh, my my brothers and sisters uh, threw me this like uh, Hawaiian like luau at uh, our mom's place. So we've been all quarantined together and it was just a nice like, uh, when I say that, we like they live like 20 minutes from me, but we've been seeing each other the whole time, and we made sure that everyone was, con- you know, in their own uh, locations. And so when we did that, it was kind of the first time that we kind of really hung out together, and it was really nice. Uh, so my sister and my brothers put this Hawaiian uh, luau out, uh, but what? But instead, of, like a Hawaiian barbecue, we had like Mexican tacos, and like you know, so we were like the theme was luau. The theme was the luau, food. but the food was was, <laughs> was, was like, Hispanic. Yeah. Okay, I like. It. I love. Like, I mean, I still have like you know, I, I wouldn't eat anything. It was like, but it was just the thought of like. What were you guys make- drinking then? So I mean, did you at least go a little Hawaiian on the drink, or did you stick just straight Hispanic tequila? Or uh, did you uh, I think have we some? Did. I, I remember doing. Uh, some tequila shots. So that okay. was, you know, you can't mess hey, that up. Hey, you remember and, it. That's pretty good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice, uh, it was a nice time. It was, you know, I, and I knew that was going to happen also, but also earlier that day, my friends threw me a drive-by uh, parade. Yeah, those are, yeah. I, did, I, did, I was involved yeah. in a couple of those too for- Yeah, and that was really nice. And the location that was, uh, the destination for everyone to meet was this abandoned, not abandoned, I guess but no one was using it, parking lot in Beverly Hills, where it was right in front of the shadows poster that covered this giant medical building. So oh. the decoration was the poster itself on a giant, you know, 30 story building that covered the whole side. And the parade was right there. And like, it was, it was really nice. It was just like the parade of like, you know, people who mean a lot to me, they showed up and, you know, keeping the distance and like rolling the windows down. And even if they came out of their car, they stood by their car. Everyone was like separated by like 15 feet from yeah, each car. Man, it's kind of like right. the new normal, right? I mean, it's, it's super surreal that we're, yeah, as everybody knows, especially here in, or places like here in LA or New York. I mean, New York just got into phase one, which is insane you know we yeah. were as, as i said before we we're starting to open and that's pretty cool but I, I just have to say in the background there is that is that the kind of poster you were talking about that you were just describing is that the what we do well this is last season's poster that's last so, season. I, so you I, had new seasons up there it, okay 
Right. This is last season when Guillermo wants to be a vampire, which oh. still... <laughs> he um, still wants to. See, we got to get into that. Before yeah. that, I, I got to ask one more thing about your background, though. You have yeah. frames with no pictures in them. Right. What is that about? It's just a choice. I turned this corner into, this is where I do the Before the Shadows. So this kind of okay. became like that. So we have this really old handcrafted like uh, wood chair. That's a sick it's chair. It's like gothic and dark. And we have a poster. We have a couple of frames which kind of can mirror the our living you know, situation in what we do in the shadows. So it's kind of just like a little set that has been created. But the actual uh, frames are mine all year round. Like I actually put this wall full of frames. Um, they're all one color. So it's just like, uh, the way I see it, it's just like I have another wall where it's just posters of like, projects that I've done and things that I like and this one's empty so it's like a you can always fill in because there's always more memories to be made that's very cool I like that that's a good uh, aspiration still I like that um, yeah so we've you know we've beat it around the bush enough I think it's time to get into a little bit of Guillermo and uh, what we do in the shadows I have a couple, I am a huge fan since I saw the movie years ago um, wanted to know uh, were you a fan of what we do in the shadows before you got the casting call or do you remember how that casting call came about for the show that is now on fx i didn't i knew about the movie i hadn't seen it and it's so weird i was just talking about someone that uh the night that i was going to see it i was in my pajamas and it was on cue on amazon because i was gonna watch it uh my friend mimi texted me and said hey i'm only in town for a weekend i'm in la and she's in new york I'm only in town, you know, in LA for a weekend because uh, we're getting away from the storm that's happening in New York and she has a newborn. I'd love to see you. We're having wine and cheese night at my brother's house. And I said, oh, I'm already in my PJs, but I hate when I miss an opportunity to see friends that don't live in the state. And mm -hmm. so I dragged myself like, I'm going to do it. I went to the wine and cheese night. It was her husband and her baby and like uh, a friend that I didn't know uh, was friends with her before. And I met her that night. Her name was Yvonne and, uh, or is Yvonne. And then, um, uh, we just talked about nothing and everything. And the next day I got a text from Yvonne and she said, Hey, I hope you don't mind. I got your number from me, uh, for Mimi. Uh, I think you're so fucking funny. And I think you should audition for my fiance's new show. And I was like, what? And she's like, what show is this? She's like, what we do in the shadows. And I was like, the movie I was going to watch. And it was like, no, it's a show now, but they're making a show. And you should hurry though, because they're, they're casting that this role that I think you'd, you'd be good for in the next like two days or something in the next, like whatever. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I was like, what? And I was like, okay. So I looked into it. Uh, I had to call like my you know, agents and tell them that I had an audition, which is not the norm in Hollywood. Yeah, usually they're should... calling you, right? <laughs> yeah, I called them and said, hey, I got an audition. So I booked you know, the audition basically on my own. Um, and then I, I read the script and they're like, okay, they're going to give you like, a, you know, because you know somebody who knows obviously the, you know, part of the creative team. They gave me a complimentary audition. And I read the script and Guillermo was 20 years older. And I was like, oh, I was like, am I going to be right for this? And they're like, well, just go in and see what happens. So I went in. I was super excited to meet Allison Jones, who's the cast, an amazing cast director. If you know any show you've ever loved and a movie that you love, she somehow has been involved. Like, okay. you know, The Office, she cast The Office, Bridesmaids, like you name it. Like you go down wow. the list. That's that's quite fun. a, I mean, that, that that's quite a resume right there. Just in those yeah. two movies alone. <laughs> just those two. And that's just the, 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 you know, the beginning of the iceberg. Yeah, I'm just like. Uh, I want to go meet her. I wanted to like, you know, because I'd never gone in for her in her office. And I was super excited and I go in the next day to the audition and she's not there. She's auditioning for my role and other roles in London. And uh, I go in with uh, Ben, the casting associate there as well, who's fantastic and amazing. And like, uh, puts a microphone on me and I just remember doing it when I was done. I don't remember what I did. Like, I was just like, what is happening? And Ben's like, we're done. And I was like, oh, thank, thank you. And then I walked out. He goes, Harvey, wait. And I thought he was going to say, you got it. You're the one, kid. And I was just like, yes. And he goes, the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's showbiz for you right there. That's a little insane. No, that like showbiz, that. kid. And I, I walked out thinking, I fucked that up. I didn't do well. Like, I walked out and, I, and uh, my agent was like, how'd you do? I was like, I don't remember. So I don't know if I did okay. And then um, and two hours later, they had to 
uh, Yvonne's uh, fiance, Gary Bash, who works with Scott Rudin, uh, Sharon Taika, Jermaine, Paul, everyone had unanimously voted to test me for the role. So there's another level of audition. Okay. And I was super excited. I was like, well, what happens if I get it? Like they're gonna make the character younger. So instead of 20 years, he's only worked like 10 years or whatever. Um, so they, they, they said they're gonna call you. And I was like, okay, great. And a couple of weeks go by and we're up to like MLK weekend now. It's a three day weekend and I haven't heard anything. I'm with my sister and I was like, give me a sign. When is this test gonna happen? I need chemistry with this other actor. And like, when is it gonna happen? And the phone keeps ringing and I ignore it cause it's like a 16 digit number and I don't, as a telemarketer or something. <laughs> so I keep ignoring it. Eventually I'm in the car with my sister and she's like, well, you answer the phone. Like just answer the phone, like, like it's been ringing. I answer the phone and he goes, hey, is this Javi? And I was like, yes, like, hey, it's Jermaine Taika. I was like, oh, yes, Mr. What, yeah, I, yes. And he's like, yeah, you're auditioning and you're the one. We'll see you on set. And I was like, oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test for you, right? And it's like, no, we just got, we just, you, you booked it off the tape. And so I never tested with Kayvon or did a uh, chemistry read or did a screen test. I booked wow. it, this was like Sunday. So I had to call my agents again on the holiday. One of them was like in Hawaii or something that was like, hey, I, I booked it. Like Harvey, I can't hear you, I'm at a wedding. What's, what's going on? And I was like, I booked the show. They're like, no, 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 you have a, you have a, you have a chemistry read coming up. No, I booked the show. <laughs> Harvey, they're dancing. What do you say? You need, I'll, I'll you need to stop later. drinking right now, Harvey. Like, yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, I, I'm sure I looked insane to them. Like I booked the show and like having like, you know, moment and they think oh no harvey's lost his shit um and eventually a couple hours went by and then it wasn't until like you know later that evening and maybe even that next morning which was still a holiday and like it was like uh yeah you booked it and i was just like what it's like you have a fitting tomorrow which was a tuesday and then you start filming a wednesday that's incredible so i mean i i mean it's obvious to me now why um i'm sure it wasn't at the to you at the time but i mean now I can't picture anybody else in that role whatsoever as, as Nando's, uh, Nando's uh, familiar. Um, mm. And another thing, you probably didn't realize it at the time, but let's, let's just talk about the evolution of Guillermo on the show. He's a descendant of Van Helsing. That comes out in season two. Um, and it, you probably didn't know that he was going to be a, a descendant of Van Helsing. When did you find out that, that, that Guillermo was a descendant of, of Van Helsing? Um, I didn't find out about uh, that until the DNA test that we did in season one uh, and didn't know that it was going to happen until we had a table read. So when the table read happened and I was like reading, I was like, oh, wait, what's happening? And that was the cliffhanger for season one. And I was like, whoa. And then, you know, so then you take a break and then you show the first season and then you see we get picked up for a second season. Then we got picked up again. And I said, I wonder if we're going to continue because, you know, sometimes things get dropped, but they won't revisit it for the first couple of episodes until mid season or something. And sure enough, got to set for second season. I wasn't told anything ahead of time. I didn't know anything. And uh, at the table read, it's like Guillermo kills vampire. Guillermo kills the second vampire. Guillermo kills the third vampire. Guillermo. And I was like, oh, so we're going like it's like, full throttle. Like we're doing this story. And it's like, yep. And it's like, let's talk. We're going to talk. And so I got a, they gave me a personal trainer. I had to go to the gym like, you know, three, four times a week. I was going to ask about uh, that. Do you, were you doing a lot of the stunts yourself then? Or I mean, was, yeah. Or was, yeah. All the stunts are pretty much me, except for like the ones that were really kind of dangerous, like falling downstairs backwards. I could have broken <laughs> my neck. Um, they let someone else do that. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But my I, stunt, I, I got to meet was, that double too. I mean, were, yeah. <laughs> was it like looking in a mirror? How did they do on casting the devil? Did you? Oh, yeah. It? I posted a picture of us together. And uh, yeah, they, that, uh, it was just funny because like he he would make a joke. The stunt double would say, uh, "Yeah, man, you're gonna get me out of a job because he keeps you keep doing all the stunts." And I was just like, <laughs> I was always like, "Let's try it. Let's you know uh, see if I can do it." And so we tried, and it, it was like, "I feel safe. Okay, let's do it." And you know, jumping out of a window, like flipping off, and like all that stuff. Um, it was super fun, and I really kind of you know went full uh, ahead with it. Like I was like, "I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it." And I'm glad I did because it's like it brings a different layer to Guillermo. And and for myself as an actor, I love that I usually don't get the chance to play that like this like badass stunt person. And I did it. And even when I posted this video actually today or yesterday on Twitter about like this is what the rehearsal stunt on the first day looked like. And people were like, wait a minute, you, did, you that was you. You, you were the one who was writing yeah. it. Like, 
Yeah, that was me. Especially People in the finale. I mean, you took out an entire theater of vampires. I mean, it's not a spoiler Everyone. alert anymore. This was Wednesday night, so. That was when, yeah, <laughs> it's all in the open. Everyone knows now. We're even, we're even, everyone's seen the whole season now in the UK. It just, it dropped last night and people like binged it all night. Oh, perfect. And you watched it. So it's out. If you're not caught up, you should probably catch up. You should this probably catch up because this, this show, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I'll go into the fandom that I have for the show, like, uh, me and the wife loved the movie. We saw that the uh, FX show was coming out, and we started watching. We're like, well, let's just see. And then it was like, oh, it's a different cast. That's a, okay, let's see what's going on. And then every single one of you guys nailed that role. All, 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 all well, what, let's count it, five of the main guys um, on, on the show. It's so, it just picks up with that same humor from the movie that I loved, maybe even takes it a step further. And uh, I thought you guys did great. Another thing that I love and I have to ask is the banter. Um, is how much of that is written out for you guys and how much is, I mean, it feels like some of it's got to be improv or you guys are just like, you've read those lines so many times, you're just effortless at that point. What, what's the process for you guys? Yeah, we do. Um, we always do one take where it's scripted, which the script itself is already hilarious. It can mm -hmm. stand on its own. It doesn't need anything else. And we get the freedom of doing a couple of takes with improvising. So you always know where you're going to go from like A to B. So you don't like take the storyline somewhere ridiculous. You know that you have to get to your, you know, your point. And you just do it in your own language. And so you're doing your own like character voice. And, and I would say it's a nice mixture of like both. So it's like 50 script and 50 improv. So when you blend those things together, that's what makes it look so real, which is kind of funny because it's like, it's so ridiculous. Some some of the storylines and the adventures of vampires go on that it's like this is ridiculous, but it feels real because the documentary is <laughs> following them. Yeah, and it's, it's done where like you know Guillermo's like the straight man in the show where he's like the voice, he's the audience. So whenever you look at Guillermo's face, he's just reacting like a human would react. How yeah. you at home would react by watching this because they're so unaware. The vampires are so unaware that they're so like dated and so stuck in their you know old ways and then. The, their day-to-day -day problems are not human day-to-day -day problems. And so sometimes even listening to it, you're like, that is the least of like your problems. Oh, it's so like, good. Oh, dude, even just in the finale the other night when uh, uh, they were all breaking down about uh, not having clothes to wear because you were no longer in the house washing their clothes or Guillermo, sorry, is, is no longer in the house washing their clothes. And it's just, that's hilarious. And they're, they're losing their minds. It, the idea that they can't function they, they're, they're so superior to like, you know, the human race because they're vampires and they're immortal, um, but they can do their laundry. <laughs> they can't <laughs> so do, good. You know what I mean? Like, the juxtaposition of, of these characters is just so, it's so awesome. I absolutely love it. I want to get into a few other things, but um, this takes me to a little bit more of your backstory. You've had uh, an incredible career even to this point, and I know you've got a lot more coming, but before we get to what's coming, Let's talk about a little bit of the past. You were in a movie called The Internship with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Uh, you had a really, a really cool role there where you're on the, uh, uh, it's almost like if you call it like a Revenge the of the team. Nerds. It was the villain team, but I was the only good team, But you're the only good one on, on there and eventually yeah. you get to stick it to them at the end. Um, a yeah. couple quick questions there that'll segue us back into what we do in the shadows. Uh, what was it like on that set? Who did you befriend the most? Um, I've heard you speak on how uh, nice of a person Owen was and how business-oriented Vince was on that particular set. Um, could you maybe expand upon that a little bit and kind of uh, reminisce yeah. on what that set was like? That was actually a really interesting set because I was uh, I had auditioned in LA for the, the film. I auditioned for uh, a different role that I knew wasn't right for. Uh, and I just went in there again. I've made a career of going in for parts that aren't right for me and going in and doing them my way and be like, if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you weren't going to hire me anyways. You know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have anything to lose coming in here. It's like I have nothing to, I have nothing to lose, you know? So I was like, I'm just going to do it. And if you like it, you like it. And that's it. Um, but I remember auditioning and I just, uh, the director was on the floor covering his mouth, like laughing. And I was just thinking, well, if anything, I'm not right for the part, but if he's on the floor laughing, he'll maybe think about me in another, you know, project, whatever. And then I had just uh, booked a film um, with Luis Guzman that we were filming in New Orleans. So it was going to take the summer and film that in New Orleans. And so I go and I shoot the film and we're in New Orleans where, you know, I met amazing people as well, like Luis Guzman, Nadine Velasquez. Um, it was a really cool experience. And 
And then while I was there, I got a call and said, hey, the director has written you a part in the movie. And I said, oh, that's so cool. And it's like, yeah, here it is. They send it over and I was like, what's the character? So they send the script over and it's like, it's like two lines in the script. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. I'll just go shoot that in the weekend. I'll come back and finish this film. And they're like, no, you need, they need you like next week and they need you for two and a half months. And wow. I was like, for two for lines? Two lines? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, cause that's just a start. Like he wants, he's, he knows like you're good at improv and blah, blah. And he wants you in the scenes. Like we visually have to see you in every scene and then the payoff at the end. Wow. So you and got a complete character written in that wasn't, was, and that wasn't the part you were going out for. He just, no. he loved you so much. He wrote you a part. That's, that's, that's gotta be uh, a pretty awesome moment in your, in your career, right? Oh, absolutely. And I always, and I look back at, and I've done that a couple of times and everyone says, oh, I love you in this role. And I can't imagine anyone else playing this role. And I was like, well, at one point, no one imagined me playing that at all because I had to <laughs> That character didn't me. exist. <laughs> and it didn't exist that, you know, and they wrote it for me. But then there's also parts where, you know, aside from that, like it also happened on a, a show I did, one, a one time guest star was supposed to happen on The Thundermans for Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. And my, and this was after I shot the internship. They were like, the movie had come out and it was great. And people, even the, the cast members had just seen it. So when I went to the table read, um, they're like, oh, you're from the internship. Um, but for that audition, my agents were like, it's only like a one day guest star and it's like three lines, we'll pass. We're not gonna go, to we wanted to bring it to your attention, but you shouldn't audition for it if you don't want to. And I was like, well, you know what? I worked really hard to where I'm at. Like, tell me more about the character. So he's part, you know, there's, he's a superhero. I was like, never played that, never been a superhero. And he's like, yeah, and he's also part of the family. So they're at a funeral and he's like crying because, you know, and, but he's really funny and yada, yada. And I was like, cool. Well, he's family, right? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, family never goes away. Yeah. So how are you going to write me goes out? <laughs> and so I was like, I'll go in and I'll do a one day, you know, part. And I went, did it. I became, you know, friends with like the producers. They love what I did. Three weeks later, I got a call. They wrote a whole episode for my character. Yeah, for that's right. Yeah. And then I, I recurred on the show several times for the next five seasons, like, like literally, or four seasons, four seasons. I left one season to go and shoot and I became a lead on Eye Candy. And I went to shoot that in New York, shot the whole season, came back, the show got canceled and I still, Thunderman's was still running and they welcomed me back into the show. And it's constantly wrote it. working then. That, that worked out, I mean, hey, worked kept, out bouncing perfect. Back, kept bouncing back, kept bouncing back, that was But also like imagine for those four seasons if I would have turned that one audition down and said, oh, it's beneath, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have turned down four years of work because of it, and, you yeah. know? And That's funny that, how that, that works like, out. Like I don't, I don't, I, I've, uh, I've been in one band for the last, I'm not gonna age myself. And uh, like we've been we've been in that van for a long time, so I've 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 had that steady work. So it's hard for me to uh, understand what you like what you're going through. But as a, as you explain it, it makes it a little bit. It's, it's more understanding, right? Because you hear these different actors talk about, oh, well, this happened, and then this could have happened. And I'm always like, well, why why does that have to exist that way? And yeah. you just you just laid it out like. Well, there's just those different, different ways now. of approaching things because you know sometimes I. Because for the beginning of my career, like I always hear no's a lot. You just, you know, more, well, an actor hears uh, the word no more often in one week than most people hear in a lifetime, right? So you hear more no's in one week because in one week you could have three auditions and you may get a call back for two of them and you may be on hold for one of them and then you don't get it. So you heard no several times throughout the week. And you, you do book one thing once in a while, but you, for everything you book, you don't see like the 500 that you might have not, you know, but <laughs> Hopefully that number is like different and it's not for everyone. But for me, for the long time, I was waiting for permission from people to, do you, did, you, did you like it? And they're like, we'll tell you when we're looking for you. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. a permission, asking permission to be invited to the table, asking permission to, when it was like, I'm just going to do like me. What and do you be say? Yeah, because you, you mentioned that uh, already that you just, you started to just go into auditions and basically say, this is what it's going to be. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't, cool. And then people started writing, I mean, characters for you based on, on, on this confidence, basically, and, and how you were uh, uh, putting yourself on display. So yeah. when, when would you say that transfer came for you? Like, how many years ago do you th would you say that that was like when you like woke up one morning and you're going into your first audition, you're like, you know what? I'm tired of asking. I'm just going to go in and be with you. When, when was that? I I think that really like the second it really took off for the, in that mentality for me was when uh, I did 
you know, my first year is regular and it was like trying to do everything by the, like the book and like trying to be a, a, a mold of what, you know, people wanted. And I got to play character. It was so cool. But after that, I was trying to fit, you know, am I like, am I the right person? I want to be the right person for that role. And like, but then I, as soon as I threw out the, you know, threw that out the window, I was like, you're going to hire me if you like me or not. It's like, you know, the talent's going to like come across as something you want to use or, or work with or someone that you want to work, you know, having your team or whatnot. But uh, another example of that was like, I stopped taking, um, if it's a possibility to get a, a job or a possibility to book something, I would look for every avenue to get that, right? So for the most part, agents will let you know when you get an audition and they let you know when they're looking for you. But then you see something on TV and you're like, why didn't I go in for that? I don't understand. And then it's too late. It's already cast and already that. And then you ask the question, when I started asking questions, it was like, oh, you don't see me. I need to know that you're seeing me in a certain way because... Otherwise, in your head, it's like, well, well, they'll come looking for you when they're looking for your type or your whatever. And an example of that was when I was shooting a film in uh, Vancouver, um, they shoot magicians up there, the magicians on, on sci-fi. Yeah, I was going to ask you, but you were on that show for like uh, eight episodes or something like that, right? Or was it Yeah. One? Yeah. And it was, uh, but, you know, the funny story about that is that I, I knew they were shooting there because my agent was like, hey, there's, they're having auditions uh, here in LA. So send your tape, even though it shoots there, you're already there. So it's probably like easiest for them to just cast you out of LA and then whatever. And they're like, sure, yeah. And then eventually like within a couple hours, they called back and they're like, oh, actually we're gonna do um, in-person producer session in LA and Harvey's not here, he's, in, he's, he's there and he won't be able to make it, but don't worry, we'll find something for him in the future, hopefully. And I said, no, this is a really great character. Benedict is like so perfect. And the books, like when reading it, it like feels like it's such a perfect fit for me. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And it's like, I put myself on tape and they're like, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll find something else. And I just felt like this feeling that I was like, no, if you just saw me do it, if you just saw me do it, I got you it. Might it. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, no, we, it's okay. We already have options in LA for producer session. So then I called my agent. I said, they film in, in Vancouver. And then he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, that means they have a Vancouver office by SAG regulations, right? Yeah. Well, then cast the casting office in Vancouver if I can come in in person here. And so we kind of went, you know, uh, being around, around that person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We went like we went. We had, they had already told us no. They had said no. And they're like, no, in L.A. And then I went and took a back door and went to the casting office in Vancouver. So put myself on tape there. And without the office in LA knowing that tape ended up going to production. And then the producer's like, that guy, where's he from? And <laughs> they, oh, that's they the had, guy I said we're gonna pass on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they had so to call persistency, it off in LA. people. That's that that that's the name of the game with Harvey here. That's, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> it was so at the end of the day, it's I, I always say, you know, talent's a dime a dozen, but tenacity is like something that you just need. And I, I'm glad that I do it. And like because if I just stood back and waited, I would have said, yeah, you're right. I'll just wait for when you're ready for me. And I would have missed out on like the work. So every time I, so I can only imagine how many times people are missing out on a potential opportunity because they accept the idea. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. So, you know, and it's like, no, I always look for every job opportunity to the fullest and to the end. And if nothing comes out of it, I can at least sleep at night saying I tried every other. Yeah. And that's great. I want to get back to a little bit of what we do in the shadows, though, real quick. Um, great cameos. We got you got Luke Skywalker, and Mark Hamill on this season. You had Wesley Snipes last season, like that big, crazy one. Um, Danny Trio, uh, Haley Joe Osmond. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, you guys. And so, I just wanted to ask: was was there any of those cameo actors, these big time actors? I know you've worked with plenty of great talent and big time actors over over the years, but specifically on what we do with the shadows. Was there anyone that stood out to you that you were able to, that you were maybe even fanboyed out a little bit and like went up to him and was nervous to say hi? Or, or was there any dynamic working with some of these guys that uh, have done some cameos with you? Um, no, I feel like everyone that we knew was coming on, everyone was super excited to have. And what was more exciting was that they themselves were excited to be on the show. You know, like uh, Mark loves, Mark Hamill loves the show. Uh, Haley loves the show. Like they are excited to be there, which makes us excited because they're coming to play with us and we're excited to have new players come and visit the team. And looking back, I, I knew, uh, you know, we were all going to be excited about Mark Hamill because it was like the talk and when it was like, oh, it's confirmed. And it was like that, that's the day that on set, all of a sudden everyone was on set, you know, like it was yeah. like, everyone was like, 
every grip and every like you know person. <laughs> They're like, we're not, we're not missing this day of, of Yeah, of and we were all we were in the exterior of the house, and all of a sudden it was like everyone, it was like roll call, because you, you see people working, but they're behind the scenes, they're like in the, you know, in the trucks, or they're working behind building something. But for but some reason, they're outside like, of the trucks that yeah, day. Yeah, all of a sudden, we're <laughs> like, we decided to work outside today, and they're just yeah, like, yeah. you know. Uh, how is, like, where, where are you guys filming? A, a, a little side note. That Toronto. Guys, I'm sorry, say that again? Toronto. In Toronto, Okay. Um, so the, another cameo that I found absolutely hilarious was, uh, the very funny Nick Kroll was on the show just a few episodes ago. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and he was on season one too, if, if I'm not mistaken too. Yeah. He, he, he brought back his character. Yeah. It was a great character. It's, it's hilarious. His, his banter with Matt Berry, uh, Laszlo. And I would like me and the wife, just as a side note, we were watching and when he, when Laszlo called him a crispy fuck after he died, I was just, I, we just started losing our mind. So now we, uh, you know, as a personal note, we call each other crispy fucks when we're, when we're, when we're fucking around. <laughs> 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 it was just such, he steals the hat back like, and calls no. him a crispy fuck. And I was just like, that is <laughs> the brilliance of that line. Just that one, one liner right there. It just proves to me like why I'm such a fan of the show. Um, and it goes, you know, I wanted to know if there was a slight chance, and you could say no to this, if I could actually talk to Guillermo a little bit right now. <laughs> if you talk to Guillermo, um, yeah, I mean, like, he's, he's totally different. He's a different person. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what, what's it like, Guillermo? Like, I mean, I mean you're, you just got exposed. Uh, you found out you're, you're a descendant of Van Helsing at this point. You have to know in front of everybody. And you took down an entire theater in front of your he might not even be your master anymore. What are you feeling right now? Um, well, first of all, I, I'm not wearing my glasses, so I really can't see who's saying anything. Mm. Um, but uh, Johnny Christ from uh, Drinks with Johnny, by the way. Keep going, Guillermo. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I'm a little terrified, to be honest. So, what are you scared of? What are you scared of the most? Are, are, you, are you are you more are you worried about disappointing Nandor, or is it is it more? just this whole feeling coming to you, you don't really know what's coming next. So all of it, all of, all of it terrifies me. Just, I, I don't want to talk about it anymore, so. Just. Okay, okay. Well, well, do you think you're gonna go back to living with your mom though? I mean, you, you, you forgot about that fridge. Are you gonna bring her that <laughs> fridge? I don't, I, don't, I don't kiss and tell and I don't talk about my family. So I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> That was that was a treat for me to get a chance to talk to Guillermo there. So I very much appreciate that. Um, I know. You... I feel like Kayvon's so much like better at that stuff. I feel like for me, like if I don't have his glasses on and the hair sometimes, like I feel like it has to be the full package. And I think with Kayvon, he falls into uh, Nandor so quickly because the accent is so like iconic. So I it's actually like, know uh, Kayvon's... Uh, doppelganger. He's actually uh, the tour manager for Avenged Sevenfold. I'll show you a picture. I'll send you a picture later and you'll see it. You'll be like, okay. that is the doppelganger. When I saw him as like, as an Andor character, I was like, that's that's my tour manager. That looks exactly <laughs> like him. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Another thing though, uh, on those, uh, uh, those improv moments and stuff, I heard that uh, Kyle Nevichek, uh, uh was like from Workaholics, creating Workaholics. You had him laughing. You guys had him laughing his ass off the entire time while he was directing one of these episodes. Um, which episode was that? And did you remember anything about this story? Well, Kyle directed the finale episode. Okay. Was one of them, but he directed a handful. He was supposed to only direct two episodes, and while he was still there, um, the opportunity came up because uh, it was scheduling that uh, got twisted. Because we also shoot out of order, so sometimes we'll shoot like, and when we say shoot two episodes back to back, you might be shooting an episode two and episode five, not, they're not, you know, in order. And so while he was there and working on those episodes and editing and whatnot, uh, they needed him to shoot the other two as well. And so like it grew from like, and so, but it also was because we blend with him so well and Kyle's really great at connecting with an actor and like communicating, like, so it was a perfect fit for us. And so, so far so good, it's been fantastic. And I think uh, it's good to hear, you know, that he's cracking up and, behind the screen because that's letting us know that it's working because for the most part you know you can't laugh during a take obviously yeah. like 
my, my I was going to ask about that. That was going to segue to me. They're like, so how do you keep it straight? I mean, when you guys are putting this banter together, that this, and you're looking at these guys dressed up as vampires, and you know them as you know your friends and fellow actors and stuff, and they're in full character, and you're in full character. I've always wondered, what's the key to? I mean, I mean, you could always see the bloopers, and there's moments where everyone breaks character on the set, but like for the most part, what's the key for you to like? not bust up laughing when you're when you guys are are filming uh i mean for me like it's if i'm in character like it's it, it it'll be hard to you know bust out and laugh because the character is not finding those women's funny mm -hmm. so the character is in in that world when i start slipping out of character because i just know the joke is so funny that i'm just like there's been a couple moments where you know we're shooting the scene with the ghost and we're around the table and we're holding hands and uh, and it's Matt Berry making the reference like I think someone summons a breakfast burrito, you know that. Why? <laughs> but it just like the, I had the giggles and I just couldn't stop. And you're holding hands with Kayvon and he started improvising. He's like, "What are you laughing about? You think it's funny? You go take a shit." You know, <laughs> like, like the idea of like that. Even though in character he's still improvising, I just couldn't hold it. So that was moments where I break in character. But they're 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 few and like far between. Like. Uh, I would say that Kayvon's like the master of it because like, he, Kayvon like is in character and he's cracking himself up with the brilliant jokes that he's coming up on the spot. That's <laughs> so, he's so like, So would you, would you, would you say Kayvon? He, laugh, he yeah, laughs at his joke while he's saying it and we're laughing because he's laughing at the joke, but also it's really funny. So it's just like <laughs> laughter over laughter over laughter. Um, but you know, with um, my, my goal is whenever we can get a crew person to laugh, like, you know, Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one -on -one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. If you think about it, like gaffers and booms have been doing this for a while and they've been in the business and they will be in the business and they've seen it all. They, they do a drama, they do a comedy, they do whatever. They're, they're just holding the, the boom, the mic. Mm -hmm. And my, my best memory of season one is where, we, where I was doing a scene and I made the boom guy have to cover his face while holding the boom. And then he couldn't and he dropped the boom. He dropped it. <laughs> that's so that's how you know that look was at my face. He was trying to look at my face and he's like looking away, but he's giggling and he's shaking and eventually just says it because he, he was trying to stop his mouth from like laughing. I, I hope I can and see that it, in it, some behind the scenes footage uh, down the line when they release it. I know. Stuff. I think we've asked because we, I've seen only a little bit, uh, but I know there's hours and hours of footage. I think. I think they're starting to realize that people want to see these bloopers. Like, well, the whole scene's like a joke already. It's like, yeah, but people like to see where people broke character, you know? Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. As a fan, that's, I, I would love, as a fan of not only in the show, but uh, your profession as an actor, uh, comedian, those kind of things. I just, I just, I don't have that in me. I just, I just want to see like what, what, it, what, what it is behind the scenes. Um, and, and, and to that, um, who would you say is the, the prankster or the funniest uh, uh, actor on the on the cast on a daily basis. Do you guys have one? Is is someone out there just causing pranks sometimes and like just to mix it up? Because I know those set days can get really long. I've only done music videos, but even those are those days can get pretty long. So there's, there's usually at least one guy that's around trying to keep it lively. You know, is, do you guys have, yeah. have somebody on set like that? I feel like that would be probably for me. It would be Kayvon because Kayvon is always. Like in good spirits, he's always like in a, you know, cheery, like, you know, we do work long hours. And so like, they can get tedious after the, you know, the 16th hour of the day. Um, it could be like, you know, you're running on fumes and stuff, but like Kyle, I mean, Kyle, when he was directing, um, is also that kind of positive energy. But Kayvon, I think is like uh, that one. Kyle comes up to you and he does like a joke, like he'll do a dance or something and then like keeps it lively. Kevon's is always constantly on a on a good vibe and good like energy and like it's good to be around him to be like you know positive energy and whatnot. So I would say for me it's uh, it's it's Kevon. That's awesome. I'm glad that you brought up like uh, positive uh, energy. Uh, from everything that I've heard about you, you have like just the most positive perspective. You're just a you you've got and I can see it right now. Even though we're virtually talking, I hope one day <laughs> we could have a drink down the line. But 
I wanted to congratulate you. Um, I know that it was just a few weeks ago to a month you guys announced that uh, season three got picked up on FX. So we have plenty more what we do in the shadows to be looking forward to. So I'm very, I'm thankful for that. And I want to thank you for that and, and congratulate you. Um, I, on those positive times though, there's one more elephant in the room. I don't know if you care to comment, but I have to bring it up. Um, you know, there's a lot of protests going on in the world right now. Um, for obvious reasons, uh, uh, George Floyd was murdered by a police officer, as we all know now, and it was terrible. Um, the, no matter where you stand on everything, you know, I, I'm a big supporter of uh, Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe movement right now. Um, I just wanted to see, you know, you being such a positive person, uh, what kind of uh, influence can you have over that? What, what, what were you feeling over the last few weeks? Also being in LA, right where uh, a, a big heart of a lot of these uh, protests were going on. Yeah, a lot of a lot of has happened in the last you know couple of weeks uh, and around the world. You know, so I feel that our nation uh, is at a point where um, it's it's just time for change. Like it's just time for change, and I think it starts with um, every single one of us asking ourselves you know, um, when we're compliant or when we just, it'll fix itself out or when we're not, we're not part of the conversation to make uh, an effort to fix the problem, then you're a part of the problem. Absolutely. So when you're not making an effort, you're automatically the oppressor, you know? And so it's just, it's just time to ask each one of ourselves, what yeah. can we do to make this- And it's been a this long time coming. I've been complacent. I'm not, I'm not casting any stones on those who have it. And I don't, you know, it's, it, it, it was very eye-opening, and not to say that I didn't really know anything, but you know, it's you, it's easy to look away sometimes, and and that's hopefully the change that we're seeing is that that is no longer the case. Yeah. Uh, and I forward. think that's true. I feel like it's easier to look away when you haven't directly been affected mm -hmm. by uh, those actions. Is and it could be um, just the actual simple uh, privilege that you know this is the color of your skin. Yes. Um, and that is a privilege, you know, and the privilege that and that you would never have to deal with something like that. But then to remind that no one should ever have to deal with anything like that ever. And racism is very much a real thing and that has to be addressed. And, and this I mean, real you being a Hispanic, too, I'm sure you have a perspective on it. It's not I mean, right now. Rightfully so, the, the, the focus is on our Afri African-American minorities, but I know that that, that that isn't just the only minority that, that's, ha that's had to deal with these kinds right. of injustices. Well, the racism is uh, alive and well across the board for not, you know, not just one skin color, you know, but it's mm -hmm. everyone. But right now it's us supporting Black Lives Matter because it's a huge, huge issue that hasn't been addressed and has been a part of the, the history books that have, has has almost been washed away. It's like, oh, well, it happened in the past and it's, it's still happening. It's happening right now. And we need everything- needs to be an educational yeah. reform too. I've seen a lot, of, a lot of movement for this too, where you know a lot of times uh, we're looking at it and like, oh, racism ended with Martin Luther King and everything like that. And that just no. so is not the case. And uh, you know, in, the in a lot of the books that are being taught in the public schools, it kind of gets rushed under the rug. And I think it's important for people who haven't themselves, and this being probably the majority, of people who um, are Caucasian, white, that they themselves have not had prejudice and racism uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, thrust upon them because of their skin color. I can say that myself, that I face my uh, version of racism all the time and being Latinx, and I, I can attest to that, you know, mm -hmm. but n in no way in comparison to you know my black brother and sister you know what i mean like it's no way comparison to that and so what i do is speak up for my you know uh for myself and if everyone spoke up everyone even if you yourself haven't been a witness to it or but speak up to what's right that's what's needed right now for Absolutely. everyone to i totally agree and, and hopefully we could come out on the other side of this and um can continue the conversation with people of my complexion. You know, I, I, I know um, for various reasons people get of my complexion, Caucasian, um, hear the world privilege and they immediately get on the defense. And it's like being white privilege does not mean you a racist. It does, it, it's just the fact of, of what's going on. You don't need to be on the defensive. We need to discuss why that's there and how we can, you know, get rid of that and have everybody on the same playing field. And I think that's the, that's the communication that needs to happen right now. Um, thank you again 
so much. I'm not leaving on, uh, on too much of a downer right now. You had some positive things to say there, and I really appreciate your, uh, your perspective on that. Well, it's um, important. It's good to have a conversation. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we can talk a little bit about what's coming next. I know that, um, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Werewolves Within is a film that I, oh, yeah. I, I believe that's coming out, right? Uh, can you tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about that? Yeah, so that's a film I was uh, shooting right before this uh, shutdown happened, the pandemic, uh, and it's um, it's very cool. It's a whodunit a thriller comedy. Um, it's super fun. Some of the best people I've ever worked with, um, I met there. Uh, Sam Richardson's in it, and I just okay. uh, did a hang with Sam um, a couple days ago, and Michaela Watkins. Like the list goes on and like there's so many people who. So funny. It's such a funny cast. So I'm excited for that to come and hopefully that'll be ready uh, this time, you know, next year. Um, also so, have so next summer is what, 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 what they're projecting for you right now. Yeah. Be on the lookout for yeah. that. The next summer blockbuster werewolves within that'll, that'll be, I'll be on the lookout for that one. And then you had a, uh, was it don't look deeper? Is that another project? Don't look deeper. Uh, it's out. Uh, it's coming out on Quibi and it's directed by Catherine Hardwick. And it's, uh, I get to play something different in that, which is uh, kind of exciting. It's a, it's a dangerous uh, uh, character. So I'm excited for people to see that and, and meet that character. Uh, and we also have an episode of Room 104 coming out. Uh, this is the last season for HBO's Room 104, which is always fun. Every episode has its own story. So we got to play a really cool group of uh, kids uh, in the early 90s who rent that room out. And what happens, you'll have to watch and see. Awesome. And that comes out in a couple of months. So Room 104 is final season. And that'll be on uh, HBO Max too, I would HBO. imagine, right? Yeah. Does it go straight to Max as well, the, the new streaming? I just I'm assuming, I don't know how that system works yet, but yeah. I'm, if it's going to be HBO. I had to sign up immediately for it as a big Friends fan. Like I, I, I was really sad <laughs> when they were gone from Netflix. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And then... It went to HBO streaming, so I was, I was excited for that. There you go. Um, one last question, though. Um, uh, a lot of uh, diehard What We Do in the Shadows people will be upset if I don't ask someone who might be close enough to know. Are we ever really going to see the Werewolves uh, uh, sequel to that movie? Do you have any insight on that? Because I know that there was the Werewolves was supposed to be a sequel back, but then the show happened. Do you know of any insight on that? That would be a germane question, and okay. I, I do not know. I know that they have other spin-offs that have happened around the world, like they have uh, uh, Wellington Paranormal, um, which uh, is out in New Zealand, and I think it's coming to the States soon, which I'm excited to see. Um, and vice versa, I think uh, what we do in the shadows, the TV shows playing in New Zealand as well. So I don't know, but I mean, they could really just make a whole, you know, franchise world over it. They have uh, werewolves, and now we introduce witches, we introduce trolls, we introduce, <laughs> there's so many places. But you can, everyone, everyone gets a spin-off. Everyone, everyone gets a spin-off and we, everyone has their own like shows. We, eventually it's just going to be this world scattered all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm looking much more, uh, much more forward to it. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can uh, everybody find you on your social medias? Let's, let's, let's oh, yeah. give a shout out on that. You can follow me. It's just my full name, you know, at Harvey Guillen on Twitter and on Instagram and all pages. Awesome. Very, very cool, man. Thank you again so much. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch Cheers. and maybe we could have a drink in person sometime soon. Sounds good. Cheers. Right, Cheers. That'll just about do it for this episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for checking out the episode. If you enjoyed what you saw, make sure to hit the subscribe button right down here. Leave us a comment. Um, turn on the bell notification so you don't miss anything else. Um, follow us on, at Drinks with Johnny on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Head over to drinkswithjohnny.com for exclusive merch, the entire archives of all of our episodes, um, as well as signing up for the Drinks with Johnny newsletter every Thursday um, by yours truly. Just uh, behind the scenes looks at everything Drinks with Johnny. Uh, also, if you sign up for that newsletter, you'll get 20% off anything on the Drinks with Johnny store right there on the dot com. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for checking it out. Appreciate every single one of you. Stay safe out there. Until next time. Cheers. And that'll just about do it for this episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for to Harvey Guillen again for being on the show. Had an absolute blast. I, I'm sure you guys enjoyed this conversation as well. If you did, please make sure, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening for uh, this show on, on, on your podcast platform, wherever you're enjoying Drinks with Johnny from. 
make sure you hit that subscribe button it really helps me out i really appreciate it leave us a comment uh, let us know how we're doing. Um, I say us because I do have other people that I'm that are helping me do this show. And if you head over to the drinkswithjohnny.com, there's exclusive merch. And I bring that up to say I do have people that are working on this show with me. And any amount that you can help support the show is going straight to them. It's not going into the almighty Johnny Christ dollar <laughs> or wallet. So if you if you are enjoying what you have, uh, what you're getting. Um, please, it's all free, but if you have the means, make sure that you're helping us out and helping us grow this whole thing. We're going to, I'm going to continue to do it. I love doing this show. Just so you know, it's not messing with my Avenged Sevenfold world. I love being in Avenged Sevenfold, but I also love doing this show. And uh, it will always continue to go one way, whether you enjoy it or not, I guess, is, is what I'm getting at. I'm enjoying it, so I hope you are too. And tell a friend, subscribe to us right here. Go to uh, Drinks With Johnny on all your social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you follow over there. We got a lot of contests we run. We do a lot of fun interactions with all the fans there. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Oh, and we do have a YouTube channel. There's Drinks with Johnny on YouTube, the YouTube channel. If you already don't know about it, head over there. Please head over there. Make sure you subscribe there as well. You can see everything that you're hearing today over there on the YouTube channel. Um, we're, we're trying our best to make this a really fun thing and interesting. I'm getting into the weeds with all these people that, that, that I very much respect, and I hope you do too. And I hope you guys are respecting what we're doing here. Very much appreciate you all. And I guess that'll pretty much put it end to this episode. And again, thank you all for all your support, and I hope you continue to support the show and continue to enjoy what we're doing here. And as always... Till next time. Cheers. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. <laughs>